Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I grew up in western Colorado, not too far from the Utah border. There are old roads going everywhere in the desert out there. You can go for days and days without seeing another soul. Pretty remote. I was around 17 when a good friend and I acquired some magic mushrooms. We, being super in touch with nature and stuff, decided to go into the desert for a couple of days and find our spirit animals or whatever silly shit you do on mushrooms. My friend ended up having to postpone for a day, don't remember why, but I was bummed. I made the decision to just go out alone the first night and get good and drunk for a day. Good decisions abound. After followed an old road for several hours that took me into Utah, I ended up at the bottom of a canyon next to the Colorado River. There was a beautiful sandbar out in the river a bit that I decided to make my camp on. I didn't want to get my old Toyota pickup stuck trying to drive to it and figure my friend coming later would see my truck and have an easy time finding me if he didn't have reception to call me. So I just made a few trips wading through about knee-deep water to bring my camping stuff, which consisted of 
fishing pole, guitar for sweet jams, handle of super top shelf, plastic bottle of whiskey, vanilla coke to make whiskey taste slightly less of death, portable CD player, also for sweet jams, sleep mat, water for the hangover, snacks, tarp, and my handy dandy SKS super cheap semi-auto rifle that shoots the same bullet as an AK, because mountain lions. So I settled in a bit and discovered that the side of the sandbar facing the river was covered in driftwood. Being an excellent friend, I decided to make a cool campsite with the driftwood for when my buddy arrived. Drinking shit whiskey, let's call it shitski from now on, and building a driftwood camp in the desert sun on a river was a great way to spend a day. Ten of ten, there was a fire pit with benches, a little shelter with a smaller pit to keep drinks and snacks from cooking in the sun. All good and functional campsite stuff. Then Shitsky started to wrap its fingers around my brain. The stuff I made became less functional. Totem poles, longer pieces just sunk into the sand like a mini driftwood forest, etc. As night set in, I built a nice fire and decided to crank up the aforementioned sweet jams and go catfishing. I had early success with my endeavor and decided to eat the freshly caught catfish. After my delicious, well-deserved meal, I decided to honor the magnificent beast by placing its head on the top of one of my driftwood totems. Shortly thereafter, the shit ski finished me off, and I apparently decided slightly wet sand was a good place to rest my bones. I was awakened at far too early an hour, covered in insect bites with a terrible, terrible headache. What had awoken me from my drunken slumber and was compounding the effects of the headache was a colony of loud-ass birds nesting on the cliff opposite the river from me. I don't know what kind they were, but the sound was more than I could bear in my state. Idiot logic kicked in, and I decided to silence them by firing Mr. SKS in their general direction, which didn't work. Don't worry. I made sure not to hit their nests or anywhere near them. I am not a murderer, unless you are a delicious catfish. At this exact moment, a tour group of rafters came around the bend just upriver from me. Having just heard rifle shots, they were all dead silent and staring at me in horror. There I was, in all my young, stupid glory, standing in my tidy whities covered in bug bites, my long, hippie hair looking exactly like I had spent the night sleeping in wet sand, holding a Chinese assault rifle, surrounded by totem poles and all sorts of weird shit. This banquet of what the EF being garnished by a catfish head on a stick. I fully realize this region receives a lot of revenue from tourism, and I didn't want to be that asshole that ruins it for everyone, so I put on my best smile, made sure my junk wasn't showing, and slowly waved. As they very slowly floated past, not one of them moved. They just stared. Frozen in either horror or awe, maybe both. It was about eight years old when I went camping with my mom and her boyfriend at the time out in central Florida. Between Tampa and Daytona, just a bit more south, we set up a fire and had hot dogs over the fire at about 11 a.m. My mom, after having a few glasses of wine, decided she was cold and being eaten alive by mosquitoes and decided to go to her tent and sleep. I asked for my own tent, so I set up mine for my mom's about 20 yards away. 
Fast forward about four hours later, I'm woken up by thick or heavy footsteps by my tent. I figured it was my mom or her boyfriend going to the bathroom, so I didn't think anything of it until I heard more. More and more, I heard footsteps near my tent, and I laid motionless. I was absolutely petrified. It was about four sets of feet pounding the dirt inches from my tent. The fire was out, and it was a pitch-black night. And then I saw two lights. One was red, and the other was a flash of white. Not like a picture. More like a blink or a strobe that was cut off. The red light stared directly at me like it knew exactly where I was. After what felt like four hours, the sound of the steps faded off, and I hauled ass to my mom's tent to wake her and my boyfriend. The most startling part was the morning after. My mom woke me up in a flurry, and we left the campsite early in the morning. Everything was almost packed and was shoved into our Bronco. She never told me why. Two of my friends snuck out last summer and took a walk listening to music. They decided to sit down on the road and talked a bit, and they both heard a distant scream that sounded pretty similar to an elk screech, but for like one second in duration. So they turned off the music and saw a huge humanoid horse-looking thing sprint out of this forest into a field, and they said it was running really fast, like 40 miles per hour. They said it was kind of hunched and had a limp, was lean but muscular, and was completely pale gray and naked. They both sprinted home and Facebooked each other when they got home and told me and a few others about it the next day. I was in disbelief, so I snuck out on my bike the next night with my other friend and met up with the two original people along with some others and went looking for it. We heard the noises they described, and I and my one friend saw a pale Bigfoot-looking creature walk in front of someone's barn light like 300 yards away, but we're not sure. We continued to do this for a few nights, and one of them was walking to meet up with us alone to go looking for it, and had seen it like five times on the walk there, sometimes like twenty feet in front of him. We probably all went looking for it six or seven times in total. The last time we went looking, we all saw it, and it was super tall, like eight, ten feet, super fast, and had these glowing eyes you could see from a mile away. I'm pretty sure I also saw it have these long, greasy locks, strands of hair about shoulder length. It looked like a mix between a crawler, Aaron Yeager Titan form, and Jeff the Killer. It was creepy. Then it was on the pavement. You could hear clapping noises like it had hooves or something. Aside from this, I was on a late-night gas station walk later that summer with two of my friends at three in the morning. On our way back, we saw something run hobble across the road about 70 yards in front of us, and it looked pretty similar. However, it was much smaller, maybe five feet tall, but I could see it being maybe seven feet if it was standing fully upright. This was in rural northeast Ohio. I forgot to add that we were walking on the way back to my friend's house one of the nights and behind somebody's house. I heard the noise of a baby crying in the woods. I couldn't have been mistaken for anything else but a baby. As soon as you bat an eye at that thing, you went and zoom. You had to be looking in the right place at the right time. Half the people would see it and be like, Oh, there he is. The other half would look over and he'd be gone. I don't think he was a crawler since those are slow. This dude was super quick. My first thought when I heard my friend explain it was Wendigo. It could have been, not sure. 
I've seen its full body a few times, and the first time it was sprinting like 60 miles per hour in a field propelling itself with its front legs, and its back legs were really short and limp, like the Rex arms. I don't believe it was hairy, but I do recall seeing some long, greasy locks about shoulder length. There's a movie I remember seeing on Netflix called Sorry to Bother You, and in the movie there are these tall, green-looking humanoids with horse heads who used to be people but took a drug and it turned them into horse people. Look it up. It looked similar, mixed with a crawler and about 10 or 15 feet tall standing. I remember seeing it next to a ranch house, and it was easily taller than the house. I would describe the way it runs as somewhat like a chicken. So the story didn't happen to me, but to my fiance and her mother. We both live in a rather large town in England. This town isn't really a nice place, to be honest. It's rough in most areas, but it's home. This is relevant. So anyway, both my fiancé and her mother were at the hospital one day for a reason I can't remember, but it wasn't anything serious. They had to take the elevator to get to their floor. Did their thing, and then got back on the elevator. When they got off, they said they were in a part of the hospital they'd never seen before. Even the elevator doors were different. They were like old and iron frame ones that you had to pull across yourself. They both went to get out when a nurse walked past them. She was dressed head to toe in an old 50s, 60s nurse uniform and looked at them very angrily, telling them they weren't supposed to be there. My fiancé then looked out the window near the elevator and noticed trees that weren't on that side of the building and that the weather had changed suddenly from being rainy and gray to sunny. This never usually happens in England in the middle of February time. They both immediately got back in the elevator and took it up to the floor they were just on and then took the other one back down. To this day, not many people believe them. Some tried to say that maybe they were filming a TV show or film, but like I said, our town is quite rough and the only show we had was one showing how rough it was. Plus, my fiancé never found any information in the local papers about some filming happening. Normally, if some filming happened, it was breaking news for our town. The hospital still freaks me out to this day, and I refuse to walk about it alone. I was a witness to El Chupacabra's attacks near Canavanas, Puerto Rico, on two occasions. In the second attack, I caught sight of El Chupacabras killing a large dog in a field behind my father's workplace. It was after midnight and I was there helping him get extra work done. We heard the dog growling in the backfield. I went to look and saw a four-foot-tall thing, very ugly, that I had never witnessed before. The dog was keeping its distance from this thing when suddenly it leaped and attacked the dog. It took only a few seconds as it ripped the dog apart. It never made a sound. I quickly ran into the shop and told my father what I saw. He had a pistol and walked out to see what was there. The only thing that remained was the badly mutilated dog. I was sure it was El Chupacabras. There was talk of this creature for several days. It looked like a weird man-in-the-distance shadow, but had a lizard head and hairless dog body up close. The large, dark eyes were very strange and it used its teeth and long claws to rip apart the dog. 
I have read recently that many researchers consider this to be a legend, but I will state that it is a completely true creature. Those sightings outside of Puerto Rico and South America, I feel, are bogus and maybe just dogs. When I was around 12, 14 years old, I used to ride my quad literally everywhere. My town was literally on top of a cliff overlooking the river next to a decent amount of woods. These woods were filled with Native American artifacts. It wasn't well known in fear that an archaeological group museum would come in and clear the land for anything that was left. There was also a burial ground the locals were trying to preserve. Plus, I think it may be illegal. Anyway, there were still people who would dig next to the quad trails trying to find these artifacts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. To dig for these artifacts, you need to go about less than a foot into the clay, and usually that's where they'd be. To do this, you only need small gardening tools. Hand trowel, hand shovel, etc. You wouldn't use anything bigger because you'll dig to deep. While I was riding, I quad one day with my friend on the back. I came around a tight corner with no view what was around the turn because it was so grown in. Going way too fast because I was just a reckless kid. I came to a dead stop when a man was in the most misplaced spot right in the way of the trail. This isn't the biggest town. Been growing up there my whole life. There wasn't many people I didn't know, especially in the woods, because it was my frequent hangout, and I've never seen this guy before. This trail was up above the trail, where people normally dig, on the very top of the cliff overlooking the river where anyone would know not to dig for artifacts because it's too rocky. This guy was just as startled as I was. He nervously locked eyes with mine and we just stared at each other for a couple seconds. He doesn't say a word, I don't say a word because he was creepy as hell looking and then he nervously burts out. I'm digging for arrowheads. I think I just gave him a head nod because he was blocking the way I put the quad in reverse and started backing down the trail slowly keeping eye contact the entire time. I took notice to the fact he had a regular wooden-handled steel-digging shovel with two large black garbage bags behind him that were definitely filled with something. He already dug a pretty big hole, I'd say, at least three foot deep and five foot wide. The tone in his voice was like he knew I didn't believe for a second he was digging for arrowheads. Nobody that knew they were there was that uninformed on the tools needed to find them. Me and my friend both thought what was in those bags, but as kids we kind of brushed it off and went about our day. It wasn't until a year or two later I really thought about it and uh, went back to the spot. I guess to dig them up and find out, I don't quite remember what my intentions were. That location was so grown in I couldn't pinpoint exactly where he was standing, so I never did find it again. I tried a couple more times later, but nothing ever came out of it. Until this day, I always wonder why that guy was so shady if he was burying a human body or body parts. 
If so, he was smart because people didn't venture up there and he knew it would only become more grown in. As a child, saw a ghost of what looked like either an elderly miner or farmer, except wearing a striped cap like railway workers wore in the 30s. In a section of our home's basement, which was being extended, the opened-up area was about 10 feet wide and equally deep. It was still mostly filled with dirt, except for where the foundation had been knocked out to add the expanded room. He just sat in a crouch, looking at me. I was about 10. And, of course, my family wrote it off as me being afraid of the dark, which I was. Years later, my mom saw him, too, in the finished room. No idea who he was or why he was there. He never spoke. Still curious almost 50 years later about why he was there. When I was at university, I had my crush over to watch a movie. It ended around midnight. As we were walking out of my living room, I turned off the lights and gave her a hug. She buried her face in my neck. One of those cute sort of hugs. When she looked up, she froze with her face just visible out of the corner of my eye. She had the most terrified expression and her arms just locked me in place. Never been that squeezed, crushed before. I'm kind of chill at first, like, okay, this is weird, but not that weird. Then she just starts trembling and crying without moving her face at all, and I'm just stuck there, convinced she is seeing someone, something over my shoulder. I start pushing her away and saying, This isn't funny, what the F? She doesn't let go, and this goes on for two minutes straight. Meanwhile, I'm just repeating, What the F? What the F? Over and over, convinced I'm about to get stabbed or possessed by whatever the F she is staring at. She gave a shudder at the end and just glanced at me with a look that said, What's gotten into you? I say, what the F just happened? And she just stares at me blankly like she has no idea what I'm talking about. I told her she needed to leave, and then I drove to spend the night at a friend's dorm room on the floor. Never been so freaked out in my life. For anyone wondering, I did see her again and more shit happened, but never to that level of creep show. I'm a softie at heart, and I figured the girl just needed help or had some level of emotional instability. I never thought I'd end up like this. A monster, a creature of legend that the Native American elders warned us about. It all started when my college decided to organize a cultural exchange program with a local reservation. It was supposed to be a chance for us to learn about their history, traditions, and way of life. We were warned not to wander too far from the group, but I didn't listen. It was a beautiful day, and the sun was shining brightly as we arrived at the reservation. We were greeted warmly by the locals, and they showed us around, telling us stories of their ancestors and the myths and legends that had been passed down through the generations. I was fascinated by it all and wanted to learn more. That's when I saw it. In the distance, a group of elders was performing a ritual. I couldn't resist the temptation to go and take a closer look. As I approached, I could feel the energy in the air. It was powerful, almost overwhelming. I watched in awe as the elders danced and chanted, their voices echoing through the valley. But then something happened. As the ritual came to an end, one of the elders noticed me. 
He approached me, his eyes blazing with anger. He spoke in his native language, and I didn't understand a word of it. But I knew he was angry. He pointed at me and muttered a curse under his breath. At first, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just a warning, a way for the elders to scare me away from their sacred ground. But then things started to change. My skin began to itch and crawl, and my body felt like it was on fire. I could feel my bones shifting, my muscles contorting in ways they never had before. I tried to go back to my group, but I was too late. The transformation had already begun. I was becoming a creature of legend, one of the monsters that the elders had warned us about. I could feel myself losing control, my mind slipping away as the animal instincts took over. The other students were horrified when they saw me. They tried to run, to hide from the creature that I had become, but I couldn't let them go. I was consumed by a hunger, a desire to feed on their flesh and blood. I chased them through the reservation, my senses heightened by the transformation. I could hear their heartbeat, smell their fear. I was like a predator, stalking my prey. But then something strange happened. One of the locals, a wise old man, approached me. He spoke in his native language, and I could understand him. He told me that I was cursed, that the only way to break the curse was to perform a ritual, to ask for forgiveness from the spirits that I had offended. The other students helped me to perform the ritual, and as we did, I could feel the curse lifting. The transformation was reversing, and I was becoming human again. It was a close call, but we made it through. The experience had changed us all in ways that we could never have imagined. We had learned to respect the traditions of others, to listen to the warnings of our elders, and to never take the power of ancient rituals lightly. We had been given a second chance, and we vowed never to forget the lesson that we had learned on that fateful day. I was walking down the road one afternoon, about two in the afternoon, on February 3, 2000. I was in the hills around the Trask Mountain area near Carlton, Oregon. I heard a loud pitch squeal that was coming from down near the creek. As I started to walk to where I heard the noise, I noticed that there was big footprints in the muddy ground. So I stared to creep real slow up to where I heard the noise, because I thought that. It might be Bigfoot, but I did not know. As I got closer to the creek, I heard a loud crack of some limbs of a tree, and that is when I saw him. Bigfoot. All that I saw was a ten-foot black ball of hair running up the bank into some thick forest area, and then it was gone. I look around where it was in the water, and there was a lot of prints and broken twigs. Now, what he was doing in the water, I do not know. I was scared at that time, so I ran out of there and got into my explorer and left. The next week, I went up to the same location, and the prints were gone. They'd been washed away by the rain, what I saw that day. I know I'll never see again, but I hope that one day I can meet it, face to face. While camping above Green Peter, well off the main road, my friends and I had an interesting experience. We were driving along the old logging road that branches left after the first bridge above the lake and stopped to smoke a cigarette. My friend wouldn't let me smoke in the jeep. We got out and stretched our legs a bit and were talking about heading back to camp before it got too dark when on the hillside below us 
the strangest sound I ever heard rang out. It was like a long warble, almost like a sad wail, if it had been human. One of the guys there is an amateur bird watcher and assured us that it was most certainly not a bird. I suggested it might be an hurt animal. The sound was deep and resonated, but it sounded like something in pain. We had all heard of Bigfoot sightings in the area, so we couldn't resist an opportunity to look for whatever made the sound. At this point, the three other guys decided they should keep an eye on the car, so I grabbed my rifle. There were bear up there, too, and went down the hill. At first, I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary, but when I rounded a big fir tree, I found big crevice in the rocky hillside. It wasn't deep enough to hide anything, but the smell was awful. It was like a mixture of human feces and wet dog. Awful. I started to yell up the hill to my friends about the smell, but only got the first syllable out before something large and fast burst from the other side of the rock and down the hillside. All I saw was a flash of dark brown that could easily have been deer, but I found no deer sign or any other recent animal sign around. Scared the crap out of me. I have. Spent years in the woods in Oregon and have never before or since smelled anything like that or heard a similar sound. This just happened to me three weekends ago on a float trip down in Arkansas. About seven, eight of us were sitting around a campfire. In a clearing behind our cabin about 11 p.m. and were just talking and listening to music. We'd been drinking, but I was absolutely not drunk. I was sitting at the six o'clock position facing north. I was looking up in the sky, watching for shooting stars. The sky was clear, and I counted about three shooting stars in about two minutes or so. Pretty common, I'd say. Streaks that came and disappeared pretty fast. I then looked to the west and saw what appeared to be a star moving in a snake-like trajectory. I first noticed it at about the nine o'clock position and it snaked its way to about the one o'clock position in about four or five seconds. So it went from the sky in the west to a northeast position before going behind the tree line in a matter of seconds. I said to my buddy, who was sitting across from me, Hey, what's that? and pointed it out. He saw it and watched it about the eleven o'clock position and just said, Hum, I don't know. It was the size and brightness as any average star in the sky. I know it wasn't a plane because of the distance it covered, and that it didn't blink. I know it wasn't a shooting star or a satellite because of the snake-like trajectory it took. I know it wasn't a firefly or insect because it didn't blink and the speed and distance it traveled. It looked just like as if a star-sized white light snaked its way across half the sky in an incredibly short amount of time. It seemed to be actually out in space. Not something close like a bug. It didn't freak me out. More just baffled me. I've never seen anything like that, and for the life of me, I can't determine what it was. That's the only thing I've ever seen that was truly unexplainable to me. I don't think it was a UFO, really, but I can't explain it. 